0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day. Every day with takes from
1: someone who's never short on them. It's WIP daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily, this time on video. Excited to do this and obviously everyone listening, we appreciate you downloading and being part of WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you reacting, as always, uh, to the Sixers and the Celtics and game number four, which was really one of the most ridiculous basketball games we've seen in Philadelphia in a long time. lot to get into today, including... Introducing or maybe reintroducing for some of you, Tucker Bagley, uh, with me, he is the producer of this. Show. I think I mentioned that one time before, but he's the producer of this show. And now that we have video capability, uh, Tucker's gonna be jumping off. For a of
0: time. Hey, how you doing, Joe? Nice to, nice to see your face once again, albeit with you know the, the sun out. <laughs> great, great to be a part of this show. I'm yes, excited,
1: yes, and we have a, a lot to talk about today because. Yesterday was, uh, like I said, just a ridiculous game. All right, a couple of things, I want to get to P.J. Tucker, who's just my favorite player in the Sixers. Uh, I want to get to where this series is and, like, have they earned this or is this just more lucky to be where they are 2-2? Um, and kind of looking forward to Game 5 a little bit. But I, I think the two main characters to start off with here, obviously the great, which was James Harden. And I just, I just think we have to just give James Harden his credit in Philadelphia. Yes, he was horrendous in, in Game 2. Actually, bad in Game 2, horrendous in Game 3. I mean, that that's just what he was. But James Harden has won two games in the Eastern Conference semifinals for the Sixers. I, I don't know what the future holds for James Harden. And, you know, there's more reports out there today that Houston feels like an inevitability for people down there. that He's going back to Houston. Maybe we're watching the end of James Harden in Philadelphia. And I don't think anyone's comfortable with a four-year or five-year full max for a player his age who goes up and down so much, but Again, James Harden has won two Eastern Conference semifinal games against the Boston Celtics in this series. You just can't understate how great he has been. He's been the best Sixers player in this series. Despite the ups and downs, that's what he's been. You look at his game yesterday. I mean, James Harden yesterday in in a do-or-die game was everything for the Sixers on offense. He had 42 points. He had nine assists. He had eight rebounds. He shot six of nine from three-point range he got to the free throw line four times and made all his free throws. Like James Harden did everything possible to win that basketball game on, on Sunday afternoon and tied this series. And, and you look at it now, and you're like, man, do they need those James Harden games just to have a chance in this series? I mean, it, it probably would be a sweep. Like it, this series could be over. Tucker, I, I know Harden has been someone that's been up and down in Philadelphia and the way people view him. And Friday night, everyone hated James Harden, but, I mean, I, I just have to say it like this. He's he won. won two games in this season.
0: He's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, despite the fact he had two absolute clunkers in the middle of the series, you could probably say he's been their most important player. He's been their best player. All due respect to Joel Embiid, the MVP. But I mean, what James Harden did in game one was an absolute Herculean effort and then kind of bailed out Embiid towards the fourth quarter there. He made the game winning shot in overtime. Only had, I think, one turnover in the entirety of game four, which is just, I think, more than the 40 points and the eight rebounds, nine assists, I think that's even more uh, of a crazy stat for him, considering his penchant for, for turning the ball over. What he did on, on Sunday, I don't think it's anything short of saying that. I mean, that was a seizing sa- saving effort. He, he put Joel Embiid and, and the Sixers franchise on his back. I, I thought going into Sunday, probably the most important game of Joel Embiid's career most important game of this entire Sixers run. And for uh, for James Harden to, to come out and play the way he did and put the team on his back in, in the second quarter when they went on that big run, late in the fourth quarter when Joel Embiid, you know, kind of became timid and and really, you know, quivered with the the sight of Al Horford and then in overtime knocking down that, that game-winning shot and keeping everything under control. I mean, that that's one of the all-time great performances, I think, in, in Sixers history.
1: Well, I think you're right. Uh, and I saw a stat yesterday. Now Harden has more 40-point games than than Allen Ivers did in his playoff career. And obviously not Sixers' playoff career, but just a playoff career, which just shows the career that, that James Harden has had. Two 40-point games in the series. And Tucker said it there, and he's right. He saved Joel Embiid. I mean, that the win and the excitement and the fact that we have a series here is is because of James Harden. But the underlying story of that game was Joel Embiid in the fourth quarter. That was as bad of a fourth quarter – for an MVP as you will ever see in the NBA. I mean, a a current MVP, not a guy that was an MVP five years ago. Like Joel Embiid was this year, for all intents and purposes, the best player in the league. And even if you don't want to say that, maybe whatever. He was a top three or four player, however you want to rank players. He was that great this year. And in the fourth quarter, I, I was so disheartened watching Joel Embiid. The team took on, once again, his personality. And he just looked gassed, and he looked mentally out of it. You know, and I understand fatigue is is probably factoring in here for Joel Embiid playing every other day on a knee injury. Doc Rivers going in an eight-man rotation. There's not much downtime for Joel Embiid. But he did have a little break before the fourth quarter. You know, when the fourth quarter started, they came in with like 9.20 to go, and they were up five. Obviously, you know, they, that game ended up in overtime. But it was just Al Horford owned him in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, Joel Embiid is lucky today that James Harden is here because otherwise this entire city would be talking about Joel Embiid and can they win a championship with him? Can he close? Can all those kind of things. And he's also lucky the game went to overtime because I did think Joel, to be fair to him, played better in overtime. He, he obviously made the pass to James Harden. He was a little more aggressive there in overtime. He got the ball in the basket. He got to the free throw line. He, he had kind of reemerged in overtime and gave them enough to kind of help set up Harden to win the game. But that fourth quarter to get blocked twice by Al Horford and then, Almost worse than that was after the two blocks, it seemed like he didn't want to shoot anymore. Like if he wasn't, if it wasn't an obvious foul situation where he could just kind of body his way to the free throw line where he's where he really, I think he wants to be late in the game on offense. He doesn't want to take a shot. He wants to go to the free throw line where he can kind of catches breath. And he's obviously so good at shooting free throws, but he didn't want to shoot. He didn't want the ball in his hands. There was the one sequence where he got the ball in the kind of the high post and the first thing he did was look to the corner to pass to Tobias Harris. Like of all the people to pass to Tobias Harris, he doesn't want the ball either. So it just was a game of hot potato. And Joel Embiid, you know, in that fourth quarter, almost cost them the game. And it was it was really it was kind of bizarre, bizarrely uncharacteristic of this series for Joel Embiid. Because I thought in Game Two, physically, he was in a better place than I thought he'd be. Now they got they got blown out, but it, I, I just thought physically. For his first game back, better than I thought it'd be. So then you go to Game 3, and and quite frankly, I had very little criticism of Joel Embiid in Game 3. I, I thought he played well. You know, his teammates let him down. Harden let him down. Maxi let him down in Game 3. I, I thought Game 3 was a very nice effort by Joel Embiid. It was everybody else that really struggled. But Game 4, despite, you know, the numbers look fine. You look at Joel Embiid's numbers in Game 4, 34, 13. But, you know... It was, I would say, a less efficient version of what he was all year anyway. I mean, that that was basically his numbers in the regular season anyway. But he was 11 of 26 in the field. Not great. He did miss three free throws. Still, still, I mean, 12 of 15 you can't yell about, but he's usually almost perfect at the free throw line. But I saw that fourth quarter was – it was a combination of you could tell he was tired, and it just felt like Al Horford totally got in his head. Like, that is – you can't have that at this point of his career. Like early on in Joel Embiid's career, playing the Celtics, what pre-Horford or post-Horford, whatever. You know, it was, it was one of those things where they they kind of got to him and they found a way to to kind of get in his head a little bit. But not now. Not I mean, not now. It can't happen now. And at this stage of their careers, Al Horford shouldn't be getting the best of Joel Embiid. He just shouldn't. Joel Embiid is such a skilled player and he's the MVP of the league for a reason. But he got in his head. He got in his head, and it was so disappointing to watch Joel Embiid in that fourth quarter. And we are all lucky, and the Sixers are lucky, that it didn't turn into a complete and total disaster. Because if they don't get to overtime there, it's all about Joel Embiid. Now, as we move forward to look to Game 5, and I want to get to really maybe the X factor and, and, and kind of the unsung hero of all this in a second. But as we look forward to Game 5, you know, there's momentum certainly on the Sixers' side. And if they could somehow, somehow steal another one in Boston, they could win the series, obviously, because it's 2-2, it's just a best of three now. But if there's one thing to kind of take from Game Four that we could look at in Game Five, and and we'll see how it plays out, and and how much of a factor it is again with well, one day of rest. So Doc Rivers playing a really short bench right now. He's only play, he only played eight guys yesterday, and really. Other than uh, Melton, the other guy, I mean, the other two didn't only play small minutes. I mean, Paul replayed six minutes in this game, uh, and the played 19, and, and Melton played 25. But everybody else, I mean, it's basically the starters played 47, 45, 46, 45. I, I am worried a little bit about a fatigue factor here going into game five for Joel Embiid, for James Harden. We know Harden sometimes, sometimes doesn't have his legs. And, and I just thought Joel looked just totally gassed mentally and physically in that fourth quarter. He is lucky. That, that James Harden saved the day. All right, the unsung hero, and I, we have to mention this, and uh, Tucker, I know you'll be excited to talk about this guy because how do you not love this guy? He's my favorite player on the team. P.J. Tucker is – Doc Rivers said it yesterday because he was asked about the difference between last year and this year and, and kind of being in one of those games and fighting through it, and he said last year Miami had P.J. Tucker. This year we have P.J. Tucker. I mean, that guy, that moment, if the Sixers somehow win this series, and I still think it's be very hard to win it, but if, if they somehow win this series – and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, where there'll be heavy favorites Or and then to the finals, we will talk about that P.J. Tucker moment for years to come. Going over to Joel Embiid in that moment where every single person in that building and every single one of us watching on TV wanted to scream at Joel Embiid too, like, man, wake up. You just wake up. Get whatever's in your head right now. Like, Remember who you are. You're the best player in the league. Remember that. And well, I don't know what P.J. Tucker said to him. I could guess it was probably not language that I'll use on this show or anywhere on WIP. But whatever he said, it worked. Tucker, I thought that That's moment where P.J. Tucker went up to 12. 12 and and, and, and 12. obviously said something to wake him up was, was like, like, that's worth the $30 million they paid him right there. hit a three-point play, and he had that right there. That was, like, that defined who P.J. Tucker is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he showed up in the fourth quarter, and, man, the way he, like, stomped over there, the way, like, your mom would be mad at you if you were, you know, making a mess at Target or something and just berated Joel Embiid for, like, 30 seconds and, and you know, really just kickstarted him him back into gear. That's what PJ Tucker is. And I know we talked about for a while, they just needed a guy like that. They needed a PJ Tucker like player. Well, they didn't go out and and get a copy. They didn't go out and and, and get a a cheap imitation. They went out, they got the real thing. They got the real deal. And, you know, he's someone that I think a lot of people during the regular season probably got fed up with because he he was inconsistent. His effort maybe was lackadaisical at times because he is 38 years old trying to, to play through an 82 game season in the NBA. But What we've seen from him in the net series, where he, when, you know, effort was lacking, he had no problem calling people out. He called Paul Reed out um, in the middle of game one of the series, and that really helped the defense down the stretch um, to to help win that game in the second half. And then what we saw in the fourth quarter, that, that catch on the Tobias Harris air ball, and he shoots the ugliest layups I've ever seen, but they go in, and then, you know, going and chewing out Joel Embiid after he had, you know, two or three of the worst possessions we've seen from him all season. That's what he's here to do. That's why you go out and sign someone such as Pops Jr. Tucker. He was there to, to you know, bring that attitude more than he is to, to bring points off the bench. And it's funny because he struggled shooting the ball, right? Like we talk about him needing to make quarter threes. I think he was like over for 3 or over for 4 to, to start the game from the corner. He wasn't great offensively, but when the chips were down and he needed to play, I can't think of anyone I would want more. Grabbing an offensive rebound at that point in time than than PJ Tucker.
1: I can't either. He he was he was everything. I mean, he was phenomenal for the Sixers, and he, the guy's a winner. Like PJ Tucker is a dog, and he is a winner. And I I just want that guy on my side in almost anything, but certainly in an NBA playoff game. Look, I, the the Sixers are are big underdogs right now, but a seven point underdog in Game Five. They're still major dogs to win the series. Nothing has really changed except they found a way to win a game. That they usually lose. They actually found a way to win two games. They usually lose. And it, there's a different universe out there where this could be a 4-0 sweep the Celtics. It's not. It's 2-2. The Sixers have some life here. And now they need Joel Embiid to be at whatever the best is. And again, I, I don't want to hear that he was the knee was bothering in the fourth quarter. We don't talk about the knee when he plays well. Like he's out there. He, he's out there and he's playing through it. He's got to be better. He has to be more efficient. He has to be smarter in the fourth quarter. They have a chance. Uh, they have a chance in this series. And that is something that when the series started, I, I felt very pessimistic about. I thought Celtics at six, it still might end up that way, but the Celtics have, have a knack and we've seen it so far this year for kind of letting their guard down. Can the Sixers take advantage of that? We're going to see it in game five, the PJ Tucker chewing out of Joel Embiid that sticks in my head forever. The Harden game that we have to appreciate it for, even if he does flee to Houston here in a couple months. And, of course, Joel Embiid's got to feel lucky because James Harden absolutely and totally bailed him out. Appreciate everyone listening to WIP Daily. Download, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every day. My big take on the biggest story in Philadelphia sports. Excited to have Tucker Bagley with me. uh, And we're doing these podcasts now a lot of times on video. So stay tuned there. We'll tell you where you can find it. And uh, subscribe and follow WIP Daily. Thank you for listening.